We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome, Irish fans, to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. I'm Vince D'Addario. That, and you can actually see him, that is Brian Driscoll. He's the publisher at Irish Breakdown. And we are venturing into some new waters this week. Hey, it's a big week. It's Clemson week. Go big or go home, baby. Why not, baby? Let's let's launch the YouTube uh, channel. Let's do a video podcast. So if you're watching us, I'm sorry. You have to look at Brian and I during the podcast. <laughs> Just um, do what I do. Just put your headphones in right. and do stuff while you have your uh, YouTube channel play. <laughs> that's absolutely right. Uh, but if you're listening to us uh, via SoundWise, thank you uh, for tuning in. This is our preview for the for the Clemson game. We're so excited about this. This, this is, is it. Uh, this, this is, is the game right. we've been circling on the on the schedule a long time ago. For two years, really. They had their six. Um, they had their six preseason games. You know, beforehand. Right. There's six well, scrimmages to get ready for this game. This is it, Vince. Rem- this is the game of the year. Yeah, I remember sitting up in the press box two years ago uh, and talking to you, and we were talking about the fact that, boy, these two freshmen over at Clemson, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, uh, you know, they're going to be juniors when mm-hmm. they come to Notre Dame Stadium, and that is going to be scary. Yeah. And and frankly, if – uh, those two and uh, the, the, the wide receiver who's out. What's his name? Help me. Justin Ross. Thank you. If the three of them were in this game, uh, it would absolutely it would look be different. scary. It would, it would look, look a lot different. different. I still think Notre Dame could compete with them, but it would definitely oh, look for a lot sure. different. Oh, I don't disagree with you in any way, uh, but it looks a lot different. And 
obviously two of those three are not going to be playing on Saturday night. And, but we still expect a very good game. And look, I don't care what anybody says. I want to get this out in the open. If Notre Dame wins this game, this is still a huge win for Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Clemson is still Clemson. They still have dudes all over the field. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. They're missing Trevor Lawrence. I get it. They're missing some key guys on defense. I get that as well. Uh, everybody has to fight through injuries and they have to fight through COVID and all these different things. You don't think Notre Dame would love to have a healthy Braden Lindsay and Kevin Olsen right. for this football game? Two of the, the two best receivers on the, on the roster, right. in my personal opinion, of course, we haven't seen the freshman. That's a whole other conversation. Um, but this is still a huge win if Notre Dame wins this mm-hmm. game. And right. not stay tuned for our predictions at the end. We'll we'll let you know what we feel. But th- this is this is still a very very big game for Notre Dame. Look, neither team is a one hundred percent healthy. Now, obviously, Correct. Clemson's losses are are more impactful than than Notre Dame's losses. But the reality is, is you know, with with Trevor Lawrence with Tyler Davis, who will not be out, who will be out also for their defense, without Mike Jones. So maybe Clemson's not the number one team in the country now. They're number four, right? They're number three. Right. This is still a really good team, and, and these poor Clemson Tigers have to replace <laughs> Trevor Lawrence with, you know, DJ Uwangalele, uh, who happens good to job. be, I don't know, another five-star player who might have a stronger arm than Trevor Lawrence, you know, and who just went 30 of 41 last week in a come-from-behind victory over Boston College. So, you know, Will it take some of the shine off of it from a from a national perception standpoint? Probably. Will yeah. some national pundits try to dismiss, you know, a, a, a close Notre Dame victory? Absolutely. Yep. This is still a darn good football team, and and as critical as I've been of Brian Kelly and and, and different things of him taking the next step as a program, I think and, and I think you and I talked about this this summer, Vince. There's two things Notre Dame needs to do this season to really take that next step, and one of them was you have to split with Clemson, right? Yep. You have to split with Clemson, and your your second game, the game you don't win, has to be close and competitive. And then the other one is either win a playoff game or get to the Orange Bowl and beat a really good SEC team, right? That's that next step. That's that, hey, we're a step closer to that next level. Now, did getting Clemson, getting Clemson a banged-up Clemson make this game a little bit easier to do? Sure. Does it make it to where – Clemson's roster still not better than Notre Dame's top to bottom. No, and it won't take away from a Notre Dame victory, in my opinion, uh, at, at all. It'll still be a huge victory and arguably the biggest of of Brian Kelly's tenure. And if anything, Trevor Lawrence being out and all those players being out puts even more pressure on Notre Dame. Exactly, because now it's like if they had Justin Ross and Trevor Lawrence and Tyler Davis and Notre Dame went toe to toe with them, like you know, like they did Florida State back in 2014 where it's like, man, that was two great football teams. And that other team just, you know, was just a slightly better player at quarterback, you know, which is what, which I think was the case in, in, in that game in 2014. Then I think Notre Dame would, would get a lot of respect in, in a close loss. But at some point in time, you have to hop, stop getting respect for almost beating Georgia twice, Florida State. At some point in time, you got to win that game. And uh, – Trevor Lawrence or not, this is a big game. This is a big opportunity for Notre Dame. And, yes. and, and whether Brian Kelly wants to accept it or not, this is a measuring stick game. Yeah, the, absolutely. It absolutely is a measuring stick game. It absolutely is a game you empty the tank for. Again, whether Brian Kelly agrees with that or not, um, this is a game you, you put it all out, out there for. You know, you know that in 1988, they weren't thinking who they played after Miami. 
because it didn't matter. You don't beat Miami, you're not playing for a national championship. Right, right. And if Notre Dame doesn't beat Clemson this weekend, the odds of them playing for a national championship are going to be are going to be basically okay. Now you have to go to North Carolina, play Clemson in the ACC title game, which I believe is in Charlotte this year, mm-hmm. and you have to beat them with Trevor Lawrence away from home. You know that that's that's going to be a tough a tough ask. Although. For Notre Dame, from a national perception standpoint, that probably would actually be better for them. Uh, but that's you don't want to put yourself in a situation where no. you have to, you know, win the second contest with a a Clemson team that has Trevor Lawrence. You have to win this game. This is the game that gives you that that boost to say, okay, we're 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 on that level, uh, and not just for this year, Vince, but that sends a big message from a recruiting standpoint as well. Oh, no question. I, I and I think this game has has gotten almost more important because of what's going on with Clemson. I think, you know, before this game, before we knew that Trevor Lawrence was going to be out and, and, and all these different things that go along with this game, you know, th- there was a part of me that was like, okay, the first game, if they can make it close, get some respect for making it close, and then go win the ACC championship, that might be best case scenario. It's going to be very difficult to beat this team two times, right? Mm-hmm. Well, now that everything is going on, winning this game becomes even more important because if you lose this game, now you're scoreboard watching, mm-hmm. right? And that's just to get into the ACC right. championship, not to say that you're going to have any success there. So mm-hmm. you're hoping that North Carolina can beat Miami later on in the season. Right. Uh, and of course you're hoping that Notre Dame can beat Boston college, North mm-hmm. Carolina, uh, you know, run the table at that yeah, point. Cause the so, pressure's on Notre Dame even more than they can't lose another game. Well, that's exactly right. Yeah. And I, and, and you, you hit the head, nail on the head for me. I, I think all the pressure is on Notre Dame mm-hmm. on Saturday night because, look, if Clemson loses the game, they got the built-in excuse already. They, they don't have right. their best player. They're missing their best player on defense as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Swarski, I believe, is his name. Skalski, yeah. Skalski, thank you. Well, I think, uh, I think Tyler Davis is a bigger loss, but they're both big yeah. losses. So you've got those built-in excuses already <laughs> for Clemson, and they're going to get another shot at Notre Dame because – if Notre Dame wins, they control their destiny to get to the ACC championship, which is obviously very, very important. Mm-hmm. If they lose, they do not control their own destiny. Right. If Clemson loses this game, they still control their own destiny right. because they win all the tiebreakers. So Correct. they're in. You the only know? team they wouldn't win a tiebreaker with would be Notre Dame, but I think there's only one other team in the league with one loss, and that's Miami, and they right. win on the tiebreaker against Miami. Exactly. So they control their own destiny at that point. So all the pressure's on Notre yeah. Dame. No and question. it would have been the other way around if if Trevor Lawrence was playing. It would have been, you know, sure. everyone ex- Notre Dame was, would have been a double digit home dog. Yeah, th- Trevor 13 I think or whatever the right. spread was prior. Yeah. And no and there would have been no pressure on Notre Dame. It would have been, "Hey, nobody thinks we're going to win anyway." So, right. I do think it puts a little bit more pressure on Notre Dame, but you know, I think this is a very veteran team. I think this is a team with really good leadership on both sides of the ball. Uh, I think this is a team that has been in this situation before. We saw it, you know, Clemson last year. And a lot of the players that are going to be taking the field on Saturday, uh, especially along both lines, were guys that played in the Cotton Bowl two years ago sure. against this Clemson team. Yeah. And that was a better Clemson team than the one they're going to face on Saturday. Again, not that Clemson isn't really, really good. They're still an elite team. And if if they get healthy, they're going to be a team that can play for a national championship. But this is not the same as the 2018 team. Uh, I don't know if ne- Notre Dame's necessarily that team either. In, in some areas, but this is, again, this is still a very, very good Clemson football team. And, it, and, and it's a game where, where Notre Dame has to win. If Ian book wants to, to go down as anything other than a, is just an okay quarterback. This is the game. This is, this is sure. the kind of game he has to, he has to win. 
Yeah. If Brian Kelly wants to be, uh, you know, on the same level as some of the best coaches in the country, this is the kind of game he needs to win. We, he's proven he can beat everyone with an inferior roster. Now it's time to prove you can beat someone with a better roster. And, and that's still what's missing from his, his 11-year resume at Notre Dame. So let's jump. Let's jump into this, Brian. Let, let's let's talk about uh, the matchups and 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 Clemson and this game. And I, I'm so excited I can barely get the words out. So um, let's start on Notre Dame's defensive side. So you got Notre Dame's defense versus Clemson's offense. True freshman at quarterback, uh, making his first road start. Had a great game last game. I they were not losing that game because of him. Um, and anybody anybody that thinks that. It, it didn't watch that game. It, it's yeah. foolish. I, I, I had a conversation with somebody early today and they were talking about the score differential for Clemson all season in the first quarter and how they were outscored in the first quarter, 14 to seven. Well, the score was seven to nothing before DJ even hit the field. Mm-hmm. So that I, right. those things just And don't... the guy on the other side of the field was, was playing really, really well. Early. That's exactly right. And we'll, we'll talk about him a lot next week, but yeah. Um, so this kid is good. He's a five-star. He's a pocket. Well, he's considered a pocket passer, but the right. He me... is a pocket passer. Right? He's a pocket he... passer that can run. Yes. Is how I would is how, and... which is, but I hate that. I hate that, that, that distinction. Because it makes it sound like he's just going to sit there like a statue. Yeah, and it, the other one makes it sound like they're just you know runners that don't really right. can't sit in the pocket. Look, they're quarterbacks. Exactly. Right? He's a, he was an outstanding quarterback. And I'll tell you what, Vince, you see the size, the body, the arm strength, and all that kind. Of, he can run. And the most impressive thing that I saw from him on Saturday was his poise. I mean, BC goes right down the field first drive. I mean, first play of the game, Jerkovic throws a bomb. They just you know another play, scramble, touchdown pass. And, and DJ comes out that next drive and is like, oh, okay, anything you can do, I can do better. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he reads the blitz off the edge and he just throws that ball over top of the blitz to Travis Etienne. That was a veteran play. Sure. Um, and, and Clemson did this thing, Vince, and, and I don't know if you've ever seen a, a football coach do this. I'm going to lay the sarcasm on pretty thick. They would actually get him in the game in the first half of games before Boston College the quarterback. Huh. So they would actually either put him on the field with Trevor Lawrence or they would do this thing where they would actually take Trevor Lawrence off the field just to get this kid some plays hmm. a- against when they would play teams that weren't that good. I know that's kind of a crazy concept. It is. I mean, uh, why would you want to get your backup experience? Right. I know it's crazy, right? Like what if something happens where your starter gets COVID-19 or gets hurt? I mean, that it was just a, happen. it was a crazy concept. I, I'm going to stop now. Uh, <laughs> Cause I was laying it on really thick. Uh, but so, so this wasn't his first taste, but I right. think, that response to, to the Dracovic BC drive just showed me, okay, this kid's not just physically talented. This is a kid that also has some command. Mm-hmm. And the first half, you know, every, it's like almost every throw he threw to his left was about 17 feet over the receiver's head. I mean, he was amped. And then you come out in the second half and, and he's hitting those throws, which tells me he calmed down, he settled down. Uh, you know, he, he, he was anticipating reads. He was throwing the sure. ball over the middle. I mean, that's, that's the two things you don't see from a young quarterback. You know, he may, he may not throw on time because he's still not sure where to go the ball. And they definitely don't throw, they don't throw guys open. And he was doing that on Saturday. I mean, he did not look like a true freshman making his first career start. Mm. Now, granted, BC's defense is not very good. Uh, but still, I don't care. I mean, it was a, it was in BC's offense, put them behind the able. And he just, there was never any panic. There was never any, oh, no, we're down 28 to 10. I got to rush and I got to make a throw and I got to make a play. And, and that leads to a mistake. There's none of that. It was, okay, yeah. we, we got this, you know. 
And, and that to me was more than anything. Now, having said that, finding out on Wednesday you're going to start in a couple of days on Boston College is almost kind of like it's too quick of a turnaround for you to realize what's happening. For it happening. to sink in. Yeah, absolutely. Now you've got a week to prepare to play at the number four team in the country, and it just happens to be, you know, Notre Dame and all that history. And this kid went to St. John Bosco. So he I'm knows. pretty sure he yeah. knows about, yeah. you know, a tradition like Notre Dame. So um, that's a different story. But, but you know, look, he doesn't have the experience of Trevor Lawrence, but this kid is an extremely – extremely talented football player and and as we saw on Saturday a very poised and mature freshman so defensively for Notre Dame what matchups jump out at you right away and and what are you going to be looking for when you're watching when you're watching Notre Dame's defense against this offense because you know you could say hey it's a young quarterback we got to get after him but then do you trust your secondary to go you know, man-to-man on an island with some of these receivers. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. What, what's your thought process on how to attack this Clemson offense? I think the biggest key to this game, Vince, is, is as good as the quarterback is, you can't let Travis Etienne get rolling early, uh, especially in the run game. If you're going to beat Clemson, you have to force Clemson to be one-dimensional. You, you need to make DJ beat you. And if he does, yeah. you, you, you tip your cap and, and you say, <laughs> you know, you're going to be special. Right. Yeah. Uh, but you don't let Travis Etienne beat you on the ground. And I thought Notre Dame did a great job of that in 2018. And and you and I have talked about this before. That was not a 30 to three game. Agreed. That was not. That was that was a game where Clemson hit about four or five big plays, including one late when Notre Dame was trying to make a stop because they were you know they needed to get the ball back for their offense. I thought Notre Dame did a great job of controlling the line of scrimmage and, and shutting Travis Etienne down in the first half of that game last year, and they're, or two years ago. And they're going to have to do the same thing. They're going to have to make – they're going to have to control the line of scrimmage. And Notre Dame's had a great run defense, not just this year, but their last 12 games. They've had a great run defense. And they have to do that in this game. And they have to do it without having to, to use Kyle Hamilton as a primary weapon against the run. If they have to constantly insert Kyle Hamilton down into the box to stop the run – then, then Clemson's going to hit some big plays, and, yeah. and, and that's going to be a key. They have to stop the run with their box, and that is their four defensive linemen and their two inside backers. If they can do that, then they can, they can have more resources to, to defend the pass. And I think the best way to, to go after a freshman quarterback, you know, you want to hit them. I mean, I think that's obvious. You always want to get hits on the quarterback. So if you're going to pressure them, you need to get hits on them. If, you know, you, you need – Adi Ogandiji's got to have a big game. You, know, you like to see Dalen Hayes continue progressing well. I think the interior players, Myron Tungvaloa, Jason Adamiola, uh, are guys that have to play well, get some pressure. If they're going to blitz, they got to hit home with those blitzes. Uh, but you also don't want to just blitz all the time because then, you know, one crossing route, you know, one proper rub route, and it's, it's, it's you know, strike up their band kind of thing. So you want to confuse them. You want to get them thinking, hey, they're blitzing on this snap, but then you drop eight. Or, you know, and then, hey, we're going to blitz and we're going to come, or we're going to blitz, but then we're going to drop these two backers and we're going to bring the safety, you know, because there's, it's a twofold approach to, to stopping it. And number one is you have the freshman quarterback. And number two is you have an offensive line, Vince, that has four new starters compared to last year. Yes. And it's a talented offensive line, but it reminds me a lot of the 2018 Notre Dame offensive line where you know eventually they're going to be really good, but they're, they're, right now it's like, you know, three guys may be playing well and two aren't or four are and one isn't, uh, you know, where, where four guys do their job, but one is a little late doing his job. Sure. Uh, so you need to do some things to take advantage of them too. 
but also you don't want to be committing six, seven guys into the box a whole lot because now you get Amari Rogers in those one-on-ones. You know, you get Cornell Powell in some one-on-ones. You get EJ Williams in some one-on-ones. Frank Ladson in some one-on-ones. Joseph Ngod in some one-on-ones. And none of those guys are T. Higgins or Justin Ross right now. But they're still dangerous. Sure. Especially Amari Rogers is having a really good season. He's not – he's a little different than those big guys. You know, Justin Ross is tall. T. Higgins was big. Amari Rogers is 5'10", but he's really fast. He's really athletic. And he's a guy that if the quarterback can get some time and you're not on your game as a cornerback, he can beat you over the top. He can, he can do damage after the catch. Um, so he's a guy you have to worry about. So you want to be able to use your safeties to help in coverage, which is, puts even more pressure on your, 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 your six, you know, your, your front four plus your two inside backers. And you don't necessarily want to have to be blitzing Jeremiah Wusu a bunch. You want him to be able to kind of protect that pass game with the perimeter screens that they like to do. You want him protecting against Travis Etienne going out and running routes. You know, you want to be able to take your best athlete, match him up against their best athlete. And so I can see some scenarios where maybe they put him out in coverage and then blitz Kyle Hamilton or blitz Jeremiah, and then you walk Kyle Hamilton down to maybe tra- to cover Travis Etienne. Because that's the thing that this Notre Dame defense has that I don't think the 2018 Notre Dame defense had. Notre Dame's 2018 defense had really, really good football players. Drew Tranquil, Tavon Coney, Alohi Gilman, Jalen Elliott, Julian Love, Troy Pride. But they didn't have the elite game changers, in my opinion, that this team has with Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa and Kyle Hamilton. Now, they have athletes now that you can say, hey, we can match up this guy against Mm -hmm. your best guy. And and those two guys are going to have to play big. So I think those are the things that I look at, Vince, and I say the matchup you have to see is up front. Notre Dame's got to win that matchup. Then the matchup becomes Clark Lee against Tony Elliott, you know, and, and how Clark Lee's able to kind of take advantage of getting that freshman because Tony Elliott wants to make sure that DJ gets into an early rhythm. Clark Lee wants to make sure he doesn't. Right. And then after that, it's about, you know, key to victory is execute, make plays. And, and the big thing is don't, you have to make Clemson earn everything they get. You can't give them cheap yards. You can't blow a coverage assignment. You can't miss a tackle in space and turn a three-yard gain into a 40-yard touchdown. You have to make them earn it because the more plays you make the freshman run, the more opportunities there is that he's going to make a mistake. And that's why you have to limit the big play. So, I mean, it's, it's not easy. And, sure. and this Clemson offense is not as good as the one that they've had in the past. Yeah. Mm. But – it's still excellent, yeah. you know. It's still an excellent offense, and it's a dangerous offense. Uh, and and you don't want to allow them to cl- start clicking early because again, a lot of new places and a lot of new players. The more rhythm, that, the better rhythm they get into, Vince, early, especially early, mm-hmm. the more dangerous they're going to become. And then you get into the territory of Vince's. Does this game become a shootout? Because that is the last thing Notre Dame – Notre Dame cannot no. beat Clemson in a shootout. No, they can't. I agree with that completely. They can score on Clemson, and we'll get into that. But they're not right. going to win, right. you know, like what, what – you know, like Alabama did to them in the 2015 title game, you know, right. or what Clemson did to Alabama in 2016. This is not a game where Notre Dame's going to win 44-41 to 41 unless it's like three overtimes. Yeah, no, I you agree. Know, it's just not going to happen. I, two of the spots that, that stand out to me defensively for Notre Dame, because you're right – that's one of the points that I made on a, on a show that I was on earlier this week was that the defense in 2018 had a bunch of really good guys. Mm-hmm. A lot of those guys are playing in the NFL. Every one of those guys you named off is playing in the NFL. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's saying something. But they didn't have those game-changer guys. Not on, on the back seven. On the Right. And so 
I think that's the difference between this defense yeah. and the defense in 2018. And I think I think the 2018 defense had game wreckers up front. Okay. I think that's the difference. You had Jerry Tillery. You yeah. had Julian Aquari. You had Khalid Kareem. You had game wreckers up front. You didn't have – you just had really good, smart football players in the back sure. seven. Yeah. This team is the exact opposite. Yeah. This team doesn't have any game wreckers on the front four, although I think Adi Ogundiji has a chance in this matchup to do that. But they do have game wreckers on the second two levels, a linebacker right. and, and safety. So it, it is different than, that, than, than the 2018 team. And you're absolutely correct. On the back seven, that was a lot of really good football players. Mm-hmm. And, and Drew Tranquil, fourth-round pick. Julian Love, third-round pick. Troy Pride, fourth-round pick, right? Jalen Elliott. Uh, undrafted free agent, but, you know, on the practice squad. Elohi Gilman, six-round tra- – I mean, so those are NFL players, but I think the two guys we're talking about are, are potential first-round players. <laughs> and and that's, that's the difference. I mean, yeah. you know, and again, one was a big-time recruit that I graded out as a five-star, and I think 24-7 sports him as a five-star. The other kid was a, a three-star recruit, Jeremiah Wusser. I, I did not have him as a, a three-star, but I think that might have been my Virginia bias, uh, you know. You don't uh, have that. No. <laughs> You have to admit your faults, right? And that's yeah. all my faults. Yeah, you're right. Um, but, but, you know, but that's – game records come in all shapes, sizes, and star rankings, right? Sure. And Notre Dame has two of them on the back seven. And in sure. this season against this Clemson offense, you need that. And, yep. and, and th- but those two guys have to be at their best, and, and I think they will be. Well, two, two positions I'm going to keep my eye on on, on the defense are going to be and – and I think coming off of the last game, one of the spots is Sean Crawford. I think you know, he had an amazing game uh, against Georgia Tech. I think he's coming into his own as a safety. But I think people aren't going to be looking at him. I, they're going to be ignoring him. They're going to be looking at Kyle Hamilton. Rightfully so. I get it. Mm-hmm. Kyle Hamilton is going to be doing things all over the field. And so mm-hmm. that's going to leave Sean Crawford in – I don't want to say vulnerable because that's not really what I mean, but he's going to be put into a position to make plays. Yeah, because Notre Dame fans may be overlooking at him, ignoring him, but Clemson's offense won't. Yeah, right. That, that, there's two matchups that Clemson's going to go after, and, and you're talking about one of them. One is Shane Simon. At yeah, absolutely. That was going to be the next part I was going to look at. Yeah. Great minds. Yes. Um, well, similar minds. I don't know if either of our minds are great, but they're – Right yeah. there. Um, Sh- Sean Crawford's the other. And, yeah. and it's not because they're not going to see him as a, as a good player. I think two things about why they're going to attack Sean Crawford is, number one, is Sean Crawford is at his best when he's coming downhill. So what do you want to do if you're Clemson? Don't let him come downhill, right? It, it's, it, you know, when, when you think of all the big-time plays that Sean Crawford has made, they're usually when the ball's in front of him because he's so smart and he's so instinctive. And he's, he, he's one of the most clutch defensive players Notre Dame has had under Brian Kelly. I mean, it's always like anytime a play needs to get made, Oh, hey, there's Sean Crawford. He's been struggling for three quarters, but in the fourth quarter, a play needs to be made, and Sean Crawford's going to make that play. Yeah. Uh, but he's also 5'8", five, 5'9", five, and he's a oh, guy yeah. that is never he, – he, when he's ever gotten in trouble, it's when he's got to turn and, 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 and cover. Not that he can't run, but, he, he's, again, he's 5'8", he's 5'9", somewhere yeah, I, around there. I look him in the eye. With, yeah. Right. And, and I remember when Stanford did this to him in 2017, as good as Sean Crawford was, Stanford was one of the few teams that had those big receivers and the big tight ends where they could kind of isolate him and, and beat him in one-on-one. So Clemson's going to look to do that. Sure. They're going to look to use his aggressiveness against him, maybe hit him with a wheel route. Because you know Clemson's going to run trick plays. They, they always do. They're going to run some kind of throwback, some kind of wheel route, some kind of – you know, pump and go there. And they've seen Notre Dame be vulnerable to that this year. So uh, they're going to go after Sean Crawford. And if Sean steps up and makes plays, 
to, to, you know, Vince, that's like you said, that's going to be a key is you test him. Look, if, if the guys that are going to get tested, Tariq yes. Bracey, right? Sure. Uh, Nick McLeod, Sean Crawford, Shane Simon, you're going to get tested. Do you step up and make plays? Right. Yeah. And, right. and that's, and Notre Dame's going to need those guys to step because it's always those guys that, 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 that a lot of times provide that game changing. They're not going to give Kyle Hamilton a chance to, to take this game over. Right. 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 Uh, you know, they'll, he's going to have a chance to make plays, but you know, they're not going to say, Hey, let's just run at Kyle Hamilton all day. Yeah. Really bad idea. Um, <laughs> you know, so, so, so in Clemson's Tony Ellett's a, a really excellent offensive coordinator. He is, he is, that staff is one of the best in the country at saying, what are the matchup advantages that we have? And how can we adapt our play system, our play calling, our game plan to take our best players and and use formations, motion shifts, tempo, whatever the case may be, to get our best players against their guys that are vulnerable. And they did a great job of that in 2018. They're one of the best staffs in the country at doing that. And they're going to do that to Notre Dame. And mm-hmm. those and those guys have to step up and make plays. And so far this season, they have, and that's why Notre Dame has one of the best defenses in the country. But you know, this is a different level of offense. It and, it, and look, it's not like Notre Dame hasn't played good offenses, right? I mean, True. Yeah. Louisville's got a really good offense, and Notre Dame completely shut them down. Right. Now, Malik Cunningham's not the passer that that DJ Uangalele is, but they're they're a better running team than Clemson is, definitely. Uh, and, and again, I don't say that a better running back. I said they're a better running team because Travis Etienne's numbers are not what they were in the past. You know, he was I think seven nine yards per carry last year. He was eight over eight the year before. This year he's a five nine because they just don't that line. You know, uh, but he's still you know five, a lot of there's a lot of backs would take five point nine yards per carry oh, as your down year. Yeah, right. You know, um, so. Uh, you know, th- they're going to use those guys. They're going to create those isolations, and the Notre Dame players have to step up and, and make those plays, be ready for those moments, limit mistakes, and, and, and the, it's going to be the secondary players to step up and make those plays. No, I, I absolutely agree with that. It's, and it's going to be fun to watch. I mean, that, that matchup is going to be uh, an exciting matchup to watch. Before we move on to the other side of the football, is there anything else that you wanted to mention about the Notre Dame defense versus the – Clemson offensive matchups. I mean, first quarter of the game, get your eyes locked in on the line of scrimmage. Yep. That's going to tell you if Notre Dame's going to be able to stay in this game. Even if they're having some success early, if they're not able to, to really get penetration, if they're not controlling the line of scrimmage, eventually Clemson's going to catch up. Because one thing the staff also does a really good job of is in-game adjustments. Really good at in-game adjustments. So if they're not – if Notre Dame's having some success coverage-wise and, and or Kyle Hamilton or Wooster making big plays, but Notre Dame's not controlling the line of scrimmage, they will find ways to get their playmakers in spaces we just talked about. So the, the key is that when, I'm, when the game starts, Vince, I'm, I'm going to have my – I'm going to be laser-focused in on the line of scrimmage in this game. And that's going to tell me, okay, is Notre Dame – is Notre Dame got a chance of keeping these guys in check or not? And it's going to be determined by how they play up front. Yep, completely agree with you. Let's flip the script. Let's go to the other side of the ball. Notre Dame's offense versus Clemson's <laughs> defense. And you can tell by the way I brought it up. Um, this is probably the biggest question mark for Notre Dame going mm-hmm. into this game. Because to me, is there the talent on this Notre Dame offense for them to be successful against Clemson? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. No question about it. Can they put it all together from an execution standpoint, from a play calling standpoint, from a coaching standpoint, from a game plan standpoint, Mm -hmm. all of those things, 
they all need to mesh mm-hmm. kind of at the same time because look, this Clemson team, they're gonna they're missing some key guys. There's no question about it. But they're still a very good defense. And Notre Dame is going to have to play one of their better games of the season in order to defeat this Clemson defense mm-hmm. on a regular basis. And like you said, if this becomes a shootout for whatever reason, and I don't expect that to happen because mm-hmm. I have faith in Clark Lee's defense. But if it does, that is not good news for Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the only two teams I can really remember getting into a shootout with Clemson other than that freaky, weird Clemp pit game in 2016 is Alabama with Tua Tungvaloa and, uh, you know, the, the one year. And then the other year they had, was it O.J. Howard? And, I mean, they had some beast players on that, on that yeah. 2015 team. Uh, and then, you know, there was that LSU team with, you know, Joe Burrow and, and Jamar Chase and and Justin Jefferson and and Clyde Edwards Hilaire and you know a lot of first round picks that are now playing and starting in the NFL. <clears throat> so, um, you know, I mean, it, you're just it's just not the kind of team you're going to consistently score a lot of points on. Correct. Uh, and, and so you don't want to be in a situation. But I think if you're Clemson, you're saying the same thing. Like you, you know, if Notre Dame's offense is coming out hot, we're in trouble because that's not a right. defense we're going to be able to get in a shootout with. So I think what you just said about Notre Dame, I would I would imagine a lot of Clemson fans are feeling the same way about their defense because their that's defense fair. has not yeah. been lights out this year. I mean, Clemson, Syracuse moved the ball on them. Syracuse's offense is not good. Virginia had some success against them, and. Contrary to what North Carolina did to Virginia, which would made them look like a really good offense, they're not a really good offense. They're okay, but they're right. just they're not they're not what North Carolina and North as North Carolina has shown in this last three games, they have a habit of making off deep offenses look elite when they're really not. Yeah. Um and and so when you when you look at that, you say, you know, Boston College, you know, I mean Phil Dracovic and BC were were shredding Clemson in the first half. Uh, they just didn't have the horses to do it for four for four quarters, and I think that BC came kind of came to that game thinking we don't have anything to lose. They let just, they played loose, they let it all go out, and then at yeah. halftime they're like, "Oh my gosh, we can actually beat Clemson!" And then you know it's like, mm-hmm. I think the, I think it became real. It, you yeah, know? like yeah. oh my gosh, and then they played tight, and you yeah. had guys dropping balls. Jerkovic wasn't making yeah. the same reads he was making. The the front the offensive line yeah. just kind of kind of choked in the second half, and they just they couldn't get it done. Uh, and so this is a vulnerable defense by Clemson standards. Right. This is a vulnerable defense. And that is an important caveat to make. Right. So, but, but again, does Notre Dame have the horses to take advantage of that? I believe they do. And I'm not talking about Jordan Johnson, Xavier Watts. I'm I'm not, they're not going to play. Okay. Like unless Brian (laughs) Kelly does the most shocking thing I've ever seen Brian Kelly do, they're not going to play. Right. Uh, So I'm not talking about that. I'm not getting into that debate. I'm saying the guys that we know are going to be out there on Saturday. They have the horses to do enough damage to sure. win this football game. Absolutely. It's, it's to your point. Are, are they going to game plan it? Are they going to scheme it? Are they going to play call it? Are they going to make the in-game adjustments that, 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 that they need to make? Is, is, is the offensive line going to be at its best? Is, are the receivers going to be catching the balls when they come to them? Is Ian Book going to be you know, locked in and, and, and into a rhythm? And all, all those different questions. So there's a lot of what-ifs there. But I am confident that when you look at this Clemson defense, there's good players there. But they're not the same against the run without Tyler Davis. And they don't have James Skolski. And they don't have Mike Jones. So they're out three front seven players. Arguably their two best defensive linemen are true freshmen. Yes. Incredibly talented true freshmen. But, but true still freshmen, true freshmen. Yeah, right. And so – and it's not like Notre Dame doesn't have a first-round pick at left tackle and a potential, you know, high pick at left guard and, and one of the best centers in the country and a right tackle that's played, you know, a million football games at Notre Dame and has given up, what, like three, two, three sacks his whole career? 
and Robert Hainsey. So Notre Dame has that, that, that grown man kind of advantage that we were talking about earlier. And, and so, you know, tight end, I think this is an area where they need to have success and we can dive into that, but the horses are there. And, and I'm much more confident in the ability of this offense to score against this defense than I was in 2018 for that offense to score against that, against that defense, even though that 2018 team had way better skill than this team because that Clemson defense in 2018, you had a first-round pick at corner. Was it Trayvon Mullen? Was he a second- or third-round pick their other corner? I think second, but I'm not 100% With on the that. Raiders. You had uh, – uh, Tanner Muse was a fourth-round pick, I believe. You had – uh, three starting, uh, three of your starting defensive linemen were first round picks, and, and I don't mean like they were freshmen and eventually grew into first round picks. I mean a couple months after that game, they were first round picks. You know, and it was, yeah, they're, they're they had backups, that right? Were right. You know, Isaiah Simmons was on that squad. You know, so right. you're talking about an absolutely loaded Clemson team against an offense at Notre Dame that had some legit weapons too, and and I think the Notre Dame receivers actually held their own. I yeah, I was talking with a friend t- tonight when I was, uh, you know, making a little snack before we did our show, Vince, because uh, we actually were recording this on, on Wednesday night, is if if Ian Book would have played better in 2018, Miles Boykin might have been the star of that game. Yeah. he was getting open, yeah. you know, and and, and uh, he was putting in work against that unit. Well, Notre Dame doesn't have those kind of receivers is, is, the, is what I keep hearing. Well, Clemson doesn't have A.J. Terrell, exactly. Trayvon Mullen, and Isaiah Simmons either, you know. Exactly. So, so Notre Dame has the weapons to be successful against this game. But I will say this, the margin for error is not great. It is small. So you need to be at your best at your most important positions, which are offensive line and quarterback. Well, and I, and I think, you know, look, Brent Venables is, is an excellent defensive coordinator. His reputation speaks for itself. No question about that. I think – more often than not, because I think this year there's been some struggles, but I think a lot of that has to do with personnel. But more often than not, he's going to at least attempt to take away what you're best mm-hmm. at. And yeah. Notre Dame is best in the run game right now. No question about it. And that is going to open up opportunities on the yeah. outside. There is going to be times where it's going to be one-on-one, my guy versus your guy. And look, the two guys that Notre Dame is going to have on the outside, they, they're pretty good at 50-50 balls. Right. Ian Book's when they're thrown. Have, that's that's right. my point. Ian Book is going to have to have his trust in those guys to put the ball up and let mm-hmm. them go get it. Don't put it up out of bounds and give your guy – don't give your guys an opportunity. You know, don't throw it into the ground. Don't take a sack. You mm-hmm. know, give your guys an opportunity because I think those opportunities are going to be there because that's exactly what happened yeah. two years ago. They realized, hey, Notre Dame's run game is is effective right now. We need to shut mm-hmm. that down. You have to beat us over the top, and right. Notre Dame could not do it back in 2018. Yeah, because I think a lot of people a lot of people forget this, or maybe they didn't appreciate it. Because I, when I made this point back in 2018, I, I got some some pushback on it. Is Notre Dame was actually running the ball relatively yes. well early in the game. Uh, when you, especially when you consider Clemson, I mean, I think I graded out six of their first ten carries were were considered efficient runs which is good but then after about three series Clemson realized quarterback's not gonna throw the ball beyond 10 right. yards that's exactly so right. so we're gonna load the box and make them beat us over the top well they're gonna have the same game plan now because when you watch this Notre Dame offense you're gonna say Ian Book Javon McKinley and Ben Skronik are gonna have to beat me and it's the same thing that we just talked about the if Ian Book and the receivers and the tight ends beat Clemson then Brent Venables is gonna tip his hat and say 
good job, guys. You, you yeah. outplayed us today. See you in December. Um, Right, and that's what they're going to do. Because to your point, you know, you talk about the the struggles of the Clemson defense. Well, they're they've they've given up 417 yards in a game to Virginia. They've had two other games that gave up over 300 yards, and then the rest they've held opponents under 300 yards. So it's like struggling for them, but it's also struggling relative to the the not great quality of the opponent that they're playing too. Sure, so, sure, sure. Uh, which is a lot like you know, some people have said, well, you know, how good is their defense really? Because they haven't played anybody good. Well, I've argued I actually think they've played some good offenses. It's the other side of the ball, the Notre Dame offense right. that hasn't played any good defenses and hasn't been been that good. So that's where the concern comes from. Is yes, this is a vulnerable Clemson defense, but the, but Notre Dame hasn't really played in a way that that makes you think they're going to be able to take advantage of that. The tools are there, but but will they do it? I think the offensive line has to be at their best. Oh yeah, I, I think that obviously Ian Book has to play well, but but more importantly, I think this is a game where we're going to find out if just how good of a hire was this Tommy Reese thing, you know, and then giving John McNulty and Lance Taylor important roles to kind of help sure. mentor Tommy, who's a young coach. How good are they? You know, and, and to your point is how good are they going to be at, at knowing Brent Venables, like Brent Venables is going to know Notre Dame. Sure. You know, how good are they going to know about, uh, you know, I was doing a, another podcast earlier and we were, we were getting into, you know, what Clemson is going to do to Notre Dame. Well, what has been a big factor of Notre Dame's offense's success early in games recently? It's Ian Book on third down and, or other drives stepping in the pocket and either hitting somebody like the Ben Skoranek touchdown, the first touchdown against Pitt, uh, plays like that, or taking off and running. Right. Well, that's when Ian Book is really good. When does Ian Book mostly struggle? Is when you get pressure right in front of his face and he has to spin out. He, he's not as comfortable then. He's not as effective then. Uh, and part of the reason you're not effective then is because when you have to spin out now, if, if if the opponent has any kind of speed at linebacker, they're now in pursuit of you. Right. Clemson has some pretty pretty good speed. Not great. It's not like they were a couple of years ago, but pretty good speed at linebacker. Uh, they're more gamers than they are necessarily elite athletes, but they're, sure. they're good athletes. Uh, you know, so so you may not see the wide rushers like we've seen from other teams. They may say, hey, look, stay on a, a more narrow path. Try to do a power rush because we're okay if Ian Book wants to sit in the pocket. We'll let Ian Book sit in the pocket all game long because uh, he's got to prove he can beat us from the pocket. You know, yeah. what we're not going to let him do is step into the pocket and take off and get those cheap, you know, steal those yards. Yeah, because when he does, it's stepping up and going up the middle. It's not when he's rolling right. out and then gets the Correct. yards. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And so that's why I think you're going to see them game plan that way. And, and so – uh, I think I think they did that in the second half against against Boston College because Phil Dracovic got a couple of plays where he stepped up uh, into the pocket and, and did some damage with his legs and, and Ian has been good in that regards too. So sure. they're going to game plan that. They're probably going to play press coverage and say we're not going to give you easy easy plays. And I think Notre Dame can use that to their advantage, run game wise. I think they can use that to their advantage, absolutely, uh, pass game wise as well. Because and and the one thing I am confident in is I do think Tom Reese will stick to the run game. Uh, enough to where Clemson has to respect it, but then you have to have some success with it, right? And and, right. and then at that point in time, even if you are having early success with it, Clemson's gonna Clemson's a good enough defense to say, hey, we're not gonna you're not gonna run on us. If Clemson doesn't want to let Notre Dame run for 100 yards, they won't run for 100 yards. Right. The question is, they're gonna have to expose themselves to big plays in other areas by shutting down the run game. Right. This is what I said. A great team can stop another great team from running the football if they want to. Yeah. The question is, is how much do you have to commit? How, how many resources do you have to commit? And I talked about this on the other side. 
if Notre Dame's got to stop Clemson's run game with their box, if they have to bring Kyle Hamilton and Sean Crawford down to the line of scrimmage to stop the run, they'll stop the run. Travis Etienne will have 50 yards on 15 carries, but the quarterback's going to throw for 375 yards, right? I mean, that's the thing. And so Notre Dame has to have a game plan that says, we know what Clemson's going to do to us. We know where – because this is one of the best – the the – the, the attributes of the of the really great coaches. It's not just being able to uh, identify what the defense doesn't do well. It's knowing what you don't do well. And knowing if I was them, this is what I would do to us. And knowing that's knowing that and knowing what they like to do and how what they like to do is going to attack where well, we're not good, what is our game plan to t- take advantage of that? Because I think what a lot of coaches do, Vince, is and I know you've seen this at all at high school level at college level and, and as well is a lot of times when a team's really good at something they say okay how can we protect ourselves against that Clemson's really aggressive their linebackers are good blitzers they have really good athletic you know edge rushers so you know Notre Dame say well okay we're gonna we're gonna max pro we're gonna go seven man protections all game no nope don't do that you'll need to do that at times but how about you find ways to free release and put their blitzing linebackers in a bind. You want to blitz two inside linebackers? Fine, we're going to hit you right underneath. We're going to throw a little swing route. We're going to put Chris Tyree on a wheel route. We're going to run a post wheel with Chris Tyree, a quick post to the boundary and run Tyree on a wheel. So, you know, now we've got you in man-to-man, so we either bang that post with that one-on-one of Javon McKinley or you're going to, your safety's coming downhill, and now he's got to re, you know, he's got to re, uh, he's got to turn and now run with Chris Tyree? Mm -mm, not having or Tommy Trumbull Uh, and what did Notre Dame do when they were struggling in offense against uh, Clemson in 2015 what got them going wheel route CJ Procise 50 yard touchdown two crossing routes that got him into deep territory Chris Brown hit him with a crossing route Will Fuller hit him with a crossing route again I know you don't have Will Fuller and Chris Brown but you do have athletes that can make those plays now you're more that was a that was a very receiver oriented team now you're more of a tight end oriented team you know, now it's you, – you, if you can't find ways to get Tommy Tremble and Michael Mayer as key parts of this, this pass game, then you're not doing it right. And you know? Chris Tyree. That, and and that, Chris Tyree. He's got to be a complimentary piece. But, but to yeah. me, your best matchup in this game, Vince, is can you find ways to get Tommy Tremble isolated on downfield routes against Nolan Turner and Zandon Sanders and then at linebacker Baylin Spector? Braylon Spector. If you can do that, I think you have a chance to have a lot of success. And then, and then you let Michael Mayer do his thing, right? Underneath, yeah. Right. And, and, and then now all of a sudden, if they have to – because here's, here's the reason. It's a compliment to the run game because if they're going to be coming downhill this way with, uh, with your run game against 12 personnel, then don't you want your tight ends kind of going that way? You know, and it takes one little play action pass where you catch him in a blitz and you just pull up and you just bang that thing right over top to Michael Mayer or Tommy Trumbull, and all of a sudden you're stealing 25 yards. Uh, you know, th- those are the kind of things you need to do to, set, to make Clemson think, maybe we shouldn't bring this run blitz on this particular down. Well, yeah, and I, I think that matchups are the most important part mm-hmm. of this game. And, I, and I, you bring up a good point when you talk about this is where Tommy Reese – is going to tell us whether he was the right pick or not. Mm-hmm. Because for this season. For this season. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, mm-hmm. I just – I feel like we've seen Chris Tyree's uh, touches go down the last couple of games. You and I had the conversation in the last podcast when we were talking about the Georgia Tech game. Is this because they're losing faith in Chris Tyree? Are they going away from him? Or are they protecting him because mm-hmm. it's a long season? Right. Because – 
most high school seasons are over right now. And, and he, he was banged up a lot as a senior. Right. He didn't play a lot of football as a exactly. senior. Exactly. So are they protecting him or are they going away from him? I think this game will tell us the answer to that, number one. And number two, if the answer is what we hope it is, that they are protecting him because they want to save him for big games or for this November stretch, because frankly, all of these games in November are all of a sudden uh, big games. Because um, Notre Dame's 6-0 and right now if Chris Tyree doesn't play a snap. In the first absolutely agree. Absolutely they're still six agree. and zero. They're they're going to have a harder time going five and zero and six yes. and zero if you get in the ACC title game, or even four and two without him. Yes, because the schedule gets a lot tougher. What I want to starting yes. in a couple days. Absolutely, and what I want to see is how are you going to put Chris Tyree mm-hmm. in matchups that are beneficial to you? Are you? I want to see some twenty-two personnel, mm-hmm. two tight ends, two running backs. And then I'm going to motion Chris Tyree out into the slot, or I'm going to, mm-hmm. you know, put Michael Mayer in the slot on the other side. Pick your poison. You know, how are you going to, uh, you know, defend that? You and know, we saw and a snap of that against downhill. Georgia Tech. Yes. We saw a snap of that against Georgia Tech where they had Kyron Williams as the number three receiver to the left. You had in your motion Chris Tyree out. And what did Georgia Tech do? They overreacted to it big time. So what did another yeah. name do? Ian Book steps into the pocket and runs yeah. for – you know exactly 10 plus yards i think that those and that gives you the inkling mm-hmm. that they've thought about this right that that that, that is in the playbook mm-hmm. that that is possible that that exists that's what i want to see i want to see some favorable yeah. matchups and it's not even just about and here's the other thing that that needs to be taken advantage of who's clemson going to be trying to game plan against and how do you use that guy to your advantage you know, are they going to try to take Javon McKinley out? Are they going to try to take Michael Mayer out? Are they going to be really focused on Chris Tyreek? Because they understand his his. And sure. then, how do you use that? You know, how do you how do you if Tommy Trumbull plays well early, and they start you you see their adjustment to him? How do you use their adjustment against them? Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, they're going to put a, a a linebacker in his face, and then they're going to have the safety kind of spy him. Okay, then here's what you do: you run have you have him run a ten yard in cut, and you bang a post behind him. You know, something like that. Uh, right. And then you run that, you know, you run a swing pass because now you've kind of got them in sort of that triangle type of look where they're they're now really in a bind with that really that 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 vertical stretch type concept where they're now keying on the the middle part of that vertical stretch. Okay, well now you're in one on ones either on the deep part of the vertical stretch or on the short part of the vertical stretch. And so again, it's it's those are the that's the kind of chess match that we need to see that Tommy Reese and the staff can get into and win because this game is is going to come down to you're going to get maybe five or six opportunities at most for big plays in this game. And then how many of those opportunities do you turn into big plays? Sure. We saw that in 2018. Clemson only – I mean, Notre Dame played pretty well on defense in that game. But there were about four or five opportunities for Clemson to make big – five or six opportunities for Clemson to make big plays. And they made them. And they made them enough. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. four or five times that they were able to make them. And, and Notre Dame didn't take advantage of those. And, and so – Part of it is game planning, and then part of it is execution. The coaching staff needs, needs to be able to look at the end of the game and say, you know what, we did everything we could. We put these guys in position to be successful and then trust your coaching you know, during the week to, to, that you know that they're going to be able to execute when you get them there because Notre Dame's got talent, but Notre Dame's just not going to out-talent Clemson. Right. It's going to be about scheme right. and execution. Absolutely. It it's, a close enough, it's a much closer matchup than exactly. it was two years ago. But you, you, need to be able, you need to prove that you can go toe-to-toe uh, with that kind of coaching staff and that kind of personnel, and then take advantage of where they're, you know, look, they're missing two linebackers. They're missing their bestie tackle. How do you take advantage of it? You know, 
don't do what you did against Georgia last year when Georgia was down a starting corner and then lost another corner in the first series and you didn't throw a vertical route to Chase Claypool till like late in the second quarter and second half, right? Right. Exploit their weaknesses early or at least show that you're willing to do that because then, you know, then how does Clemson react to that? You know, sure. and then so that's 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 what I love about football that 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 coaching chess match. You know, it's like this is why when I would play NCAA back in the day, I'd never play a game. I would just like recruit and build my team, and like that's <laughs> the kind of stuff that's fun, right? Like it's Absolutely. it's saying that it's saying, that's the only thing I, I miss as a coach. I miss the relationship with the players. Sure. And then Absolutely. I miss I miss that that Saturday chess match. You know, those that's it. That's the yeah. only parts of coaching that I really miss. Uh, and we're going to see Tommy Reese with an opportunity to kind of to show his chops in this game. And it's not just him, right? I mean, it's Lance no, Taylor's it's part of this. Deeper. It's John McNulty's yeah. part of that. It's just like with Clemson, it's not just Brent Venables, right? right. It's his secondary coach. It's his D-line coach. It's, it's those guys saying, hey, coach, you know, I'm seeing this, you know, from up in the box. I'm seeing this. You know, we need to do this. And, and Tommy Reese needs to be able to, to do that in the Notre Dame coaching staff as a whole because you're going to have to create – it's what Brian Kelly's always said. Hey, defense is about, you know, the Jimmys and the Joes. Offensively, you can scheme your way into some things. Sure. Well, you're, you're going into game seven. It's time for you to scheme your way into some things well, and yeah. not just rely on having really, really good athletes because they do have really good athletes. They do. And but they, you like, use them. Like you said, the rosters are much closer now yeah. than they were two years ago. And that's when scheme comes into play because right. you're not going to out-athlete Clemson, okay? You, you've been able you to could, out-athlete. You could have out-athleted this Clemson team if you still had Chase Claypool and Miles Boykin. That's fair. I, I would say, but you don't sure. have them. Right. They and don't have he, A.J. Terrell, Isaiah Simmons, and Trayvon Mullen, but you don't have Chase Claypool and Miles Boykin. Well, and if you had, if you had Austin and Lindsey, you have an opportunity. If, we had, if Notre Dame had a healthy Austin and Lindsey, we'd be having a whole lot different yeah. conversation about this football game. No, no doubt. question about no it. No doubt. But he, here's some things like, you know, you talk about the chess match. Okay, so here's what I would love to see on Saturday uh, as well. I would love to see a series where you put Michael Mayer or Tommy Trumbull backside in, 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 in your 11 or 12 personnel, and you, and you bring Ben Skronik over to the same side of the field as Javon McKinley, put him in the slot. Let him get some of those matchups over the field. With yeah, those guys. absolutely. You know, because that's where if, – if you go back and watch his Northwestern film, he had a lot of plays in the slot and in, in, in between the hashes and, and in between the numbers and the hash, and, and they would move him around a lot. And Notre Dame just kind of stuck him on the outside. Well, this is a game where you say, hey, let's use our full arsenal. Because, again, Coach, with all due respect to Coach Kelly, this is the game you empty your tank for. Yes, and then you fill no it up doubt. on Sunday and Monday and you yeah. get ready to go back out on Tuesday because that's what great teams do, right? No doubt. Uh, you know, so you do have to empty the tank. And, and those are the things you do, you know. And, and look, Clemson won't have seen it because they haven't done it. Um, you know, <laughs> utilize your RPOs more. You know, yeah. do different things where you're, you're moving your personnel around, but you're, you're also putting your best players in position to be successful. And I'm sorry, if, if Tommy Trumbull doesn't get targeted more in the pass game, uh, you know, I'm, you're just – you're missing an opportunity. If Chris Tyree is not given at least seven to 10 touches and at least half of those being opportunities in space, then I, I just, I don't, I don't know what you're doing. Uh, and space can also be a run. I mean, an outside zone play to right. me, the stretches sure. is, is get him in space. It's, yeah, it's, absolutely. So it's not just talking about throwing the ball. It's just don't have him, you know, get in there and he runs four inside zones and you're like, Hey, we got in a reverse. Got him four know? touches, big deal. Right. Use him. And, and, and then, when Ben Skoranek and Javon McKinley become complementary players and A.J. Avery Davis becomes a complementary player, now all of a sudden, okay, now you're really cooking. Now, yeah. you know, and I think it would do wonders for Ian Book's psyche. If you can get him some early throws, 
So a tight end screen, some kind of throwback play, uh, you know, getting Chris Tyree and Kyron Williams involved in the pass game more. If Ian Book comes out and plays well early and the Lions playing well early, Vince, I'm going to be like, okay, yeah. This team well, and, I, chance. and I wouldn't even mind them doing a little zone read with him. Like, yeah. let him run yeah. the ball a little bit, right. you know? I, I have yeah. no problem with that if that's what gets him yeah. going, you know? And he's been smart this year about, okay, I got my first down. I'm going to hit the ground. Sure. I'm going I'm to dip out of bounds. It, I have no problem with the quarterback doing Ew, that. I don't I mean, either. It, it's, it's one thing if it's like thir- like the USC playing 2018, it's third and 10, and, and you got to get to the sticks. And he yeah. ran the guy over. And that's different. Yeah, that's You don't do that on second and two and you've already got the first down. <laughs> right. <laughs> Once you get to the sticks, it's like, okay, get what you can get and get out of bounds. I mean, you yeah, don't absolutely. slide if you got a chance to score. You, you understand the point that I make. <laughs> absolutely. So, you know, the, again, there are weapons there. And, and honestly, this is Ian Book's opportunity. We talk a lot about Brian Kelly's got to go win the big one, and he hasn't really won the big one, in my opinion. I mean, Oklahoma 2012, that's a big win, but sure, they, they were a good team, a top 15 team. They weren't a national title contender. This wasn't, this wasn't Lincoln Riley, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Oklahoma that year. Right. That was Landry Jones, pretty good, top 15, also got crushed by Kansas State, Oklahoma. You know, Sanford that year was a good team, but Stanford's not Clemson, and they're not Alabama, they're not Ohio State. Even back then, they weren't. This is your chance to finally get that statement win. And it's sure. also a big opportunity for Ian Book because right now I don't care about 26 and 3. This is Notre Dame. I don't care about the fact that you're you're 23 and 0 against teams that finish the season unranked and you're 3 and 3 against teams that finish ranked. And those three wins are over the juggernauts of Syracuse, Northwestern, and Navy. Right? This is why you come to Notre Dame. This is why Ian Book didn't go to Washington State. Right? Yeah. Ian Book didn't go to Washington State. If Ian Book just cared about putting up numbers and, and, and beating mediocre teams, he would have gone and thrown for four, 5,000 yards a year at Washington State. You don't sure. think he could have played for Mike Leach? Absolutely. You know, he came to Notre Dame to play in these kind of games. And, and, and it would be good to see Ian get the opportunity to kind of win one. And I think that would that, – I'd be curious to see how he would play if Notre – I really believe if Notre Dame wins this game and Ian Book just plays at least good football – he will absolutely shred the rest of Notre Dame's opponents. Because I think he'll have that monkey off of his back. Sure, yeah. And it'll yeah. take a lot of that pressure because he plays tight a lot. And he's, yeah. it's like the more pressure on him, the more tight he plays. He's just so afraid to make a mistake. I think if he goes out and beats Clemson and he has to make plays to do it, I think you're going to see a kid that's like, you know what? Uh, I got this. I'm pretty good. And, and then you're going to see him, I, I think, play looser. You know, I because I don't think you say, well, now you're undefeated and you're playing for the playoffs. He's going to shrink. Well, he's already done that. He's already, yeah, exactly. he's already gone through a November with the playoff, an undefeated season and a playoff under his belt. Yeah, now it's that's nothing. Now you're doing it and you're having to beat some really good teams to get there, unlike yeah. 2018. So I just think if he got that monkey off of his back fence, that that would just kind of be that springboard he needs to finally, you know, what, what I've always said is we've seen him play really good football against some teams. It's usually bad teams. You know, yeah. it's, it's, well, there's no pressure. Right. And, no pressure. and, and he's confident in himself and he's, Hey, just let it rip, you know? And, yeah. and, and uh, if he can play that well way against the better teams on the schedule, I, I think this offense can be really good uh, because the reality is I don't care that they haven't played well in the last, if, if Notre Dame plays really well the rest of the season and in November, December, we're not going to be talking about what they did in, in, in September and October. And right. that is different than the Brian Kelly. If we win them all in November comment, everyone's going to be happy because that was after you lost two games. What I'm saying is, is if you're continuing to win and then you go out and you beat, handle your business against Clemson and the offense starts to roll, I'm not going to be like, well, yeah, I know they went 11-0 and, and played to the ACC title game, but 
know, they didn't really play great against, you know, Georgia Tech or Louisville. I'm saying, look, (laughs) you know what? It took them a while to get going. They finally figured it out, and that's what you do. Because sometimes that's just the case. I mean, last year, Notre Dame's defense was pretty mediocre for six games of the year. I mean, they gave up 200 rushing yards to New Mexico. Yeah. Over 300 yards to Michigan. But they figured it out, and and ever since, they've been playing great ball. So, this is that opportunity. And Ian Book and Tommy Reese and Brian Kelly will have that kind of feather in their cap that they can say to all the people like me who have been critical of the fact that they don't have those big wins and say, okay, I'll tell you what you can, you know, what you can do with that criticism. And, and that's fine. Shove it. And I'll take it. Great. I'll take it. Yeah, no Absolutely. doubt. I'll be happy to take it. Because right. that means Notre Dame won the game. <laughs> Thank so. you, sir. May I have another? Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I have no problem with that whatsoever. All right. So it's come to that time uh, in our preview podcast where we have to put the soothsayer cap on. We got to predict what's going to happen. Now, our, our predictions come out on Friday. They'll be a little bit more detailed, obviously, than mm-hmm. what we're talking about here. Um, and and frankly, at this point, I'm not at all confident about what mm-hmm. I'm about to say. Um, I usually lead off, so I'll go ahead and go. And I know you and I kind of treat this a little bit differently. Um, but You try to be a soothsayer. I try to be. And I'm usually dead wrong, which is totally fine. Uh, that's why I'm not a, a betting man. But well, if you were uh, good at this, I would tell you you need to be a betting man. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, I, I just I'm 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 nervous about this game, as I think any Notre Dame fan would be up to this point. There are so many question marks on Notre Dame's offense. Again, do they have the ability? Absolutely. I just don't know if it'll all come together. Uh, I think they can. I, I'm excited to see Clark Lee's defense. I think they are going to have a great game. I think they will alone keep Notre Dame in the game. I don't think that Clemson's going to blow out Notre Dame. I do not believe that at all. I am not ready to call for the upset at this point. Um, and right now, I think I believe Notre Dame is a, a six-point dog at home. Um, but I do think that they could cover that. I do mm-hmm. think it'll be a close game. I, I'll say a 28-24 Clemson at this point. Maybe I change my tune by our Friday prediction. You will. Uh, we'll see. I, I know you, Vince. You're you're you're, you're going to get into the. You're going to do the coach thing. You know this matchup and that matchup. Uh, they do this and they do that. Yep, they can win. Yep, they yeah. can do it. Yep. And I, I've already started to do that because mm-hmm. I was a completely the opposite direction on Monday and yeah. Wednesday. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm on that path. I am on yeah. that train, my friend. Um, but you know, we'll see. I, I'll say 28-24 right now. Clemson gets the win. Um, cause I just, I need to see it from Notre Dame mm-hmm. and we just haven't seen it yet. This just, I was super confident going into the Michigan game last year mm-hmm. that the run game was going to be dominant and they were going to mm-hmm. be able to control that game. And we all know what happened. And I, and I don't like think it's going to be raining on Saturday. And I agree with you. I, I, I'm, but, I'm not making that as an excuse. I'm just saying like, there, there's not going to be any excuses. No, exactly there, there's, correct. there's not going to be any, so, uh, you don't have to, we're not going to be complaining about, Oh, well, that was bad because there was 60,000 Clemson fans in the stadium. You, you won't have to be, be dealing problem. with that. No. Um, this, is, this is about our team versus your team. Yeah. And, you know, when you look at it from the Notre Dame standpoint. And, and our coaches versus your coaches. And I'm going 27-24. So we're very similar in the score. Oh, but I'm wow. going Notre Dame. Okay. And, and the reason is you said we do this differently. And, and I want to explain to people. You kind of try to look at it from like you're trying to make a prediction standpoint. I kind of look at it by more of a what should happen kind of standpoint uh and what should happen is is this is the this is the time right if if not now when is the way i look at it i've heard that a lot you know clemson doesn't have their starting quarterback 
they don't have Justin Ross. Their offensive line isn't as good as it's been in the past. They don't have Tyler Davis. They don't have James Skalski. They don't have Mike Jones Jr. They don't have a great secondary. Uh, you're at home. You have a very, very good offensive. You have arguably the best line in the country. You've got talent. You've got a great defense. If you can't get it done now, you're going to beat Clemson in a rematch in a month when they have Trevor Lawrence and all yeah. those guys. And they got is some it of these possible? guys back from injury, yeah. Sure, it's possible. Yeah. Uh, is it likely? I mean, if you think you're a dog now, wait till then. Well, um, and, the, and, and the thing is, I think in order to win that game uh, in the future, the ACC mm-hmm. championship, when all those guys are back, I think Notre Dame has to win this game because they're going to yeah. need the confidence that, look, we right. beat these guys once. Right. We can beat these the guys only other, The only way it doesn't happen is if Clemson overlooks them. And, and let's be honest, that's not Clemson's M.O. No. Clemson and Ohio State are very similar. You, you don't see Ohio State getting beat by Michigan very often. I think they've been – they lost to Penn State like once, right, back in 2016, and that was like on a blocked field goal. Remember yeah. that? Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they, they haven't lost to Michigan State in a while. Where, where Ohio State trips up is like Purdue, Iowa, you know. <laughs> right. Uh, right. And Clemson's the same way. What's the regular season losses Clemson's had in the last four or five years? Four and eight Syracuse, right? Eight and five Pitt. Those, those are the games they lose. They don't overlook teams on the games like that. Right. They don't overlook, overlook ACC Dame. title games. No. They're not going to overlook Notre Dame in the title game. So, no. uh, to your point, it, it's going to be much tougher to win that game then. And I do think you're right. I think if this Notre Dame team has the confidence that they can beat Clemson, because I don't think Notre Dame's going to be like, oh, we beat them once, we'll beat them again. I think they're going to no. know how big of a dogfight it was to beat them the yeah. first time, and they're going to be a lot better then. But I think Notre Dame, if Notre Dame wins this game, they'll be a lot better in that game too. Because I think they're going to get the confidence they need. Exactly. Somebody's going to step up to say, hey, we're going to – you know, Javon McKinley steps up and he's like, okay, you know what? Enough of this inconsistency. I'm ready to be the guy. Yeah. Or Tommy Tremble gets healthier or whatever. Somebody's going to step – or Ian Book, Right. Uh, and and it's going to step up, and then they're just going to be a better team when they play. So if it doesn't happen now, it's it's just you're just going to accept the fact that it's just not going to happen under Brian Kelly. Yeah, because you know it, it doesn't get any easier. You're going to play Clemson in a couple years at home, and 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 DJ Wangalele is going to be a junior then, right? Yeah. And they're going to still be a loaded roster. Brian Breezy is going to be a junior. Miles Murphy is going to be a junior. And you know who else you play that year? There's this team over kind of southeast of us in Columbus, Ohio, that you also have to play, right? So the schedules don't get easier. No, they don't. And if you don't win this game now, it's like, when are you going to do it, you know? Yeah. And I think they will. I, I do. I mean, again, am I putting money on it? No, because no. I'm, I'm not a gambler. But I just when I look at the matchups, when I look at where Notre Dame is strong and Clemson's vulnerable, I think there's some areas where Notre Dame has advantages. And the areas where Notre Dame is not strong and Clemson's vulnerable, I don't think Notre Dame's not strong because of a lack of personnel, like receiver. I think Javon McKinley is good enough. Look, if Javon McKinley can beat Asante Samuel three times, he can beat the Clemson corners. I agree. Right? Um, and, you know, but he's got he's to step it up. I think, that, I think that where Clemson's vulnerable at safety in the pass game, Notre Dame's got the – arguably the best tight end duo in the country you know they're definitely in that conversation you know use them uh clemson's offensive line's not great notre dame's got a really good defensive line a really good front seven so i just the only matchup that makes me nervous at all is if they can't pressure the quarterback the opportunity to to they'll hit some plays downfield that that's really my big concern so i think notre dame actually matches up i don't think notre dame has to play out of their minds to beat clemson like they did in 2018 they had had to play the perfect game and I thought they were capable of it, but they had to play the perfect game in 2018 to win it. And I don't think they have to play the perfect game now, but they have to be really good. 
So yeah. I'm going 27, 24. And, and I hope it's like this fence. I hope it's a situation where Clemson takes a late lead and Ian book has to have that rally. He has to put the team on his shoulders and he has to lead them down the field and he, 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 ta- he gets it done. And then the last minute of the game, Ian book either runs it in, throws it in, or makes the play that somebody else runs it in. And, and he, he wins it that way. That that's what I hope happens. I hope if Notre Dame wins that it's something like that. So, cause you know, I think that kid, I've been very critical of him and I don't regret my criticism and that's my job. It's, you know, when he doesn't play sure. well, it's my job to criticize him. But I, I think he, he, from everything I've heard, he's a really good kid, really well liked and respected by his teammates. It'd be nice to kind of see him get this monkey off his back so that people like me can no longer say, well, who's he beat? Uh, Clemson <laughs> you know and, oh okay yeah you win so that's what I think is going to happen and and um you know again I'll waffle back and forth but I think I'm going to stick with that when we make okay. Friday predictions at Irish Breakdown as well all right well that is going to do it for this edition of the Irish Breakdown podcast make sure you log into irishbreakdown.com because we're going to have all the analysis you know leading up to the game and then Brian will be at the game and we will have our game day chat going. So he will have all of the updates. And, and, and right about here, somewhere around here, we're going to have a subscribe button. If you're watching <laughs> the YouTube video, smash that thing for us. Okay. Yeah. Make sure so you get that, that up. For us. We're going to have all kinds of, of video and, and we might have an instant analysis uh, video after the Clemson game. I think that's the plan. I don't want kind of depends on what time that game know, gets over with. Well, that's, <laughs> I have a bedtime. So, uh, but hey, you're no, the we, one with five kids, not me. So, you know, <laughs> no, but I we can stay up as late as I want. We're going to be pushing all kinds of content out yeah. on the YouTube channel. We're going to be pushing out all kinds of content on the website. Obviously, we're going to have podcasts, uh, you know, galore. Got some so things in the works out, with the man. podcast that we're hoping to get done here in the next week or two as well. So, yeah, Absolutely. we're definitely making moves and, and doing everything we can to expand our opportunities to bring coverage to you all, Notre Dame coverage to you all in a wide array of yes. uh, platforms. And, yeah. uh, and, you know, some people like to read. Some people don't like to read. Some people like to watch videos. Some people like to watch podcasts. So we're trying to expand that as much as possible. Vince has been pushing me to get the video and the YouTube channel launched for months. I finally uh, was nagged enough to where I was like, okay, fine, I'll do it. No, <laughs> uh, it's, it was a great idea and we're excited to do it. So, and we we're going to have some video content this week too. So make yeah. sure you stay locked in uh, to not just stuff. the irishbreakdown.com, website but also to our youtube channel at irish yes. breakdown and just to uh drop this hint irish crossover yes check it out check it's it out. coming it's gonna be awesome i got yeah. all kinds of ideas for that as well so that's right um look we love bringing you the content so make sure you check us out and uh we will talk to you next time
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.